Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah in the Old Testament. Father, we're just so thankful for your goodness today. And Lord, I thank you that every ear is anointed to hear. Every heart is receptive today. And let your truth, Lord, just be compounded in our life. Let your truth dispel any darkness and any fears that people have. And we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I have to find it myself. I'm getting there. Isaiah 9. Verse 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Thank God that I'm not the head of the church. Aren't you glad that you're not the head of the church? <laughs> uh. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. You know, I don't know if you've ever just thought about what it means to live forever. And, and I used to always just think about that. It's like forever. How long is forever? Forever. And then, you know, because everything that we have in our mind and in our life has a beginning and an end. But not with God and not with the things of God. He says here, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. But I love the different names. You know, do a different study. And, and maybe here in the new year we should do a, a good study and, and um, you know, the, the Lord willing, whenever. Uh, it's always good to talk about these things, but there's a right time. And, but the different names of God, when you look at Jehovah, and we've talked about these things, but Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, all the different compound names of who Jehovah God is. Amen. And so whoever he says he is, that's what he'll do in our life. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer, my great physician. And so these are some different names too. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's the mighty God. The everlasting father, the prince of peace. You know, I, I just see even now the prince of peace walking in your life right now. Just to calm every storm. Just to calm every situation. That the prince of peace just walks in. You know, when the disciples were on the boat and they, they knew something, you know, they, they were awakened with this and they said, Jesus, well, they, Jesus was the only one, he, he went to sleep, you know. The others, they were, they're awakening and they're awake and they're, they started fearing. And they said, Jesus, don't you even care that we perish? Now, isn't that amazing that, that you're talking to God himself? Lord, don't you even care? Jesus gets up. And walks over. You know, Jesus didn't have a five-hour prayer session. He just said, peace, be still. But then he dealt with the disciples. He said, hey, boys, how, how come you're, you're afraid? Why did you fear? Why did you doubt? Now, they're probably like have a big like, uh, 
you know, a look on their face. But he expected them to do something about it. And the, the modern church, a lot of times people think they're leaving a lot of things up to God when God's left a lot of things up to us. God's left up to us the authority of the name of Jesus for us to use that name in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. That name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. <clears throat> Turn over to Luke chapter 1 this morning. Jesus was like no other person in history. No other person was, was, was it prophesied concerning like it was Jesus about what he would do in his birth. You know, Jesus lived a sinless life. No other person has lived a sinless life. But I want to look in Luke chapter 1. In verse 26. He said, in, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. And when he saw him, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this would be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give him unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. I mean, of the kingdom of God, the disciples, when they saw the kingdom of God, they thought that he was going to establish the kingdom there. But it wasn't, and it wasn't time. But I'll tell you what, the, the kingdom of God is something that's established forever and ever and ever. And that every kingdom shall become the kingdom of our God. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, now, this is something that, they, that the, the Lord will answer us. Lord, how shall this be? How, have you ever said that? Lord, how can this be? You have great things the Lord's placed in your spirit, but you don't see how that could come to pass. You don't know what, what can I do. Now, we want to place ourselves in a position, but it's going to be the same answer that Mary received from the angel. And it's this right here, the Holy Ghost. How shall this be? The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing, you know, another word that actually is the, the, the Greek word logos, that holy word, that which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. 
For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Now this is the, the response that we should all have. Just like Mary said, Be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Say this with me. For with God nothing is impossible. Say this. Be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. Hallelujah. So we see that the, it, was, it was said and prophesied and, and shown by the angel of what Jesus was going to be. But you know, Jesus, this wasn't the first time that we see, have seen this. If you look over in G, um, Genesis chapter 3, the Bible tells us at the fall of man, when, when Adam sinned, when the devil through the serpent beguiled Eve, we see that God has this conversation. He's talking to the serpent. In verse 14 of Genesis 3, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon your belly shall you go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So what's the Bible saying? That the seed of the woman is going to crush the serpent. We know that that's Jesus. Amen. Now thousands of years before we see that this is prophesied. That's why God has a lot of patience. <laughs> you know, if you promise your, 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 your kids you're going to do something, like 30 minutes later, you're gonna, you know, they're going to be asking you, like, when are we doing that? When are we going? When are we doing that? But, but 6,000 years plus, we, we see prophesied that, or 4,000, 6,000 years in that, in that range, we see prophesied that the Savior was going to come, that the seed was going to come. The seed of the woman was going to bruise his, his head. Hallelujah. And so, you know, that's why we see Herod, here was a, here he was a king so paranoid, thought he's going to lose his crown, you know, and thought he was going to lose out. And so what did he do? He, he uh, as we'll see in this, you know, the passage we're going to read here in a moment, he had all the kids two years and older, two, um, two years and younger uh, slain, and they were killed. Why? Because he was... He was furious and full of the devil and wanted to, ex to exterminate the Christ. <clears throat> so when we look at Jesus, though, we said Jesus is like no other. Because Jesus actually wasn't just born that day in a cross. Uh, you know, in, in, I mean, at the, um, the inn, at, in a stable, in a manger. Jesus was actually preexistent with the Father. He had no beginning. Now, see, your, your head can't really wrap around that, but he's forever existed as part of the Trinity. But the Bible says in the fullness of time, he was born. Thank God for the fullness of time. Born in a manger, born in a stall. You could say it like a trough, a feeding trough. And the Bible says that there was no room for him in the end. 
you know, we see that many times in life. There's no room for the, the, the Lord in the end of people's hearts. Why? Because all the rooms are filled up. You know, there's a lot of things that we that are good and legitimate things, but we can fill our lives with so much other things that, that we don't even need to have in our life. And even the good things, you know, it's good to enjoy certain things, but you have to watch from those things choking out the Word. Who is the Word? We know that Jesus is the Word. And so we have to make room in the end of our heart. Don't push Him away or provide no room. You know, even as a believer, we must not let other things come in and choke out the Word. Now I want you to look over in John chapter 1. It's interesting when you read the, the four gospel accounts because Mark doesn't really talk. He talks about the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Matthew and Luke talk about it, the beginning and, and when Jesus was going to come on the scene. But John goes a long way back before that. How many of you know when, when it says in the beginning? That's, a long, that's before the manger. Look at John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. You know, that word light actually means development. So his life is what develops us. His life, the life of God, I can tell you, you can see it in people. When they get the life of God, it develops their mentality. It develops their spiritual life. It develops everything, and everything changes when the light of life comes in. Look at verse 14. He says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the truth, of the Father, full of grace and truth. So today, that's, that's who we're talking about, is Jesus, full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace and full of truth. Hallelujah. And so, as we said, this is long before the manger. In the beginning was the Word. And thank God that that Word was made flesh. But here's the thing. When we have the written Word, I love the written Word. Amen. That's one thing that you can love. You can love God and people and you can love the Word of God. Amen. I know my son's going <laughs> to... But the Bible says the Word was made flesh. So that the written Word is given to us, not just so we can have a, a head full of knowledge, but the, the written word is given to unveil the living word. Thank God for the living word. I'm not just so interested in knowing the word of God just for the, the sake of it, but it's so it can reveal the, the living word. And it's very interesting that you see when Jesus ministered, if you remember, there was one time he, he, he spoke to these scribes and he said, search the scriptures. Now, how, how many know that that's what they did for a living? They searched the scriptures. They, they, they poured over the scriptures. And Jesus said, 
Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are the ones that point to me, but you won't come to me that you may receive life. Amen. So everything in the word points to Jesus. And so the reason that's important is why? So the living word can come and live on the inside of me. That's what the Christian life is about. That's what the Christian, uh, the Christmas message is, the Christian message, that Jesus not only was born a baby, he grew, he lived, he died, and he lives in my heart today. He can walk up and down in my heart. And so that's the thing is you just have to allow him. You have to learn to yield and allow him to do that. He's not just going to take over. Oh, God, I just, just take over. He's not a demon. He's not going to just take over in your life. How many know you, you have to yield to him? You have to give him full control. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, God's in control. But, you know, that's, that's, that's like a half truth. If God were really in control of this planet, he's, he really has things in a mess. <laughs> but, but he's not. The Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. So we know that, that Adam sold out to the enemy. Thank God Jesus redeemed us. But to the unsaved, the Bible says that those that are unsaved are under the, the authority of the prince of the power of the air. Whether you like it or not, unsaved relatives, unsaved people are under the influence of the enemy. Now, maybe they don't worship the devil, but they're still under that control until they surrender their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to turn over to, to Luke. We were there for the offering, but look in Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> Amen. You know, usually we just read these passages once or twice a year. Sometimes we'll bring different truths out. Luke chapter 2. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. How many know that nothing's changed? And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And it so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. I mean, that's, that's what happens when an angel of God shows up. You know, you're not, it's not just going to be just like, you know, just business as usual when an angel shows up in your life. You know, and, and people can, can be so irreverent with the things of God and just make light of it. But when, I'll tell you, when, when an angel shows up, how many know that your nose is going to be in the carpet? <laughs> 
He says, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Yeah, if you could have looked into the realm of the Spirit and just seen, I mean, we're amazed at the, the, the sky and, and the, the different things with the lights. And Can you imagine just seeing this heavenly host? I mean, thousands and thousands of angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Not something of judgment, not something of harshness, but peace, goodwill. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they, made, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they had made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Hallelujah. So joy to the Lord. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Now look over, back over in, in the book of Matthew real quick. Matthew chapter 1. See, that joy comes on, to live on the inside of us. And the Bible says that we are living epistles. You know that our life is being read? Your life is being read by someone today. People on the job, people wherever you are, they're reading your life. Whether it's good or whether it's bad or indifferent. <clears throat> Matthew 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to be made to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. 
Now look in um, chapter, keep reading in chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. See, that's why, why Herod was so bothered by that. Why? He thought someone's going to come and take my place. Now, how many know you don't just become a king in three years? You know, you're a three-year-old. But that's, that's what he said. And it says, Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. How many know he was lying? <laughs> when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in the dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. I mean, we're talking about supernatural things happening. How many know that if, if you need something, we don't just tell the Lord, you know, what, what, what to do as far as like, Lord, lead us this way. But just being open, whenever we seek God, just like here, the angel appeared. I believe that whatever you need, even this month, next year, whatever you need, the Lord will appear to you. The Lord will show you. That doesn't mean you have to have a vision. You have to have some kind of supernatural visitation of the Lord. But you'll have a knowing on the inside. You'll know this is the way, walk ye in it. Hallelujah. You'll not, you'll not hear a voice, or you'll not see some, you know, like we see the prophet in the Old Testament, you see an earthquake, but the Bible says the Lord was not in it. We see this happening, a fire, but the, the Lord was not in it. But what was the Lord in? That still, small voice. Thank God for the still, small voice. <clears throat> so he says here, when he rose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And there was until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by uh, Jeremy the prophet say, in Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Verse 19, but when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, arise and take 
the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. So as we saw earlier, when that provision was made, the family was able to go and go into this other place. They were able to go and, and do exactly what the Lord said. And then the angel appeared once again and said, it's, you can come back. The uh, Herod is dead. And you come back to this place. And, uh, and of course, then Jesus lived there and then in the process of time fulfilled his ministry. Hallelujah. But Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. I mean, we use that as a cliche, but Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the light of the world. Over in Matthew 4, verse 13, the Bible says, In leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, in the borders of Zabulon and Nephilim. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Nephilim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. How many know that that describes every person that, that's in the world today? That they are sitting in darkness. But the Bible says here, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. Hallelujah. Over in the book of Ephesians, the Bible talks about how, you don't have to turn over there, but Ephesians chapter 2, I believe it is. It says, we're in times past we walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now works in the in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, the eons to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. What, what are we going to be doing for the ages to come? You know, we're not just going to be sitting on a, on a cloud playing a harp. We're, we're going to be about the kingdom of God. But here's the thing. What's God going to be doing? He's going to be showing us all through eternity the exceeding greatness of His power, the exceeding riches of His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. See, you and I have been created for good works. Now, how many know that good works don't save us, but we were created after salvation unto good works, that, that our lives can be one of good works. 
He says, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. Verse 13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. So we talked about the Prince of Peace. He is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Hallelujah. So Jesus is the light. And then Isaiah tells us this. Now, many are familiar with this verse, but Isaiah chapter 60. In verse 1 says this, Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you today. Say that with me. Arise and shine. For my light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. He says, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. And his glory shall be seen upon you. The glory of the Lord shall arise upon us. And see, that's what the church is. The church is the light of, of the world today. Now we know Jesus is the light of the world, but who are we a part of? We're the church. And so what is the church? The church is not to be, you know, hid like, you know, that's what the world wants though. The world wants the church, to, you just stay over in your corner and do your thing and, and we'll do our thing. But no, the church is actually, you know, when people talk about separation of church and state, it's not, you know, it's not just so that the, the, uh, the world or, or the church can be out of the business, you know, of the world. It's so the world can be out of the business of the church. We're supposed to influence the world. We're supposed to have something to say. Can you say Amen. He says, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see all. All they that gather themselves together, they come to you. Thy son shall come from far and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. So arise and shine. We used to sing that years ago in, in, in uh, this, the charismatic church we went to. How many remember it? Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in John 1, To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. The Bible also says that to as many as come to him, he said, He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Thank you, Lord. So, you know, during the Christmas season, it's amazing, you know, how our people can be blinded to the simple truth. But the only thing we have to do is just receive. But, you know, even as a believer, what do we do? We have to just learn how to receive. I have to learn how to just yield to Him on a daily basis. Hallelujah. 
So he, the Bible says he was the only one. We said Jesus is like no other. He's the only one that was prophesied of, of his birth. He's the only one that was born of a virgin. He's the only one that gave his life. He's the only one that died and was buried and resurrected. And he's the only one that's coming again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Turn over to um, 1 Thessalonians real quickly. First Thessalonians chapter four. In verse 13, he says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. How many know that the rapture is not uh, the word of man? You know, there's a lot of people that, even in churches, in church circles, that don't believe in the rapture of the church. Well, you know, the word rapture is not in there. Well, that's just like the word Bible is not in the Bible either. But it still doesn't make it untrue. Jesus is coming back. And so... Peter talked about those that in the last days there'd be scoffers, saying, where is the promise of his coming? So he says here, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain. So that's anyone who's here when the rapture happens. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So who, who has loved ones that's, you know, they've gone on to be with Jesus? Well, the Bible says that, that you're not going to prevent them from going first. They're going to go first, but... <laughs> I think it's just going to be so awesome to see. You know, I don't know how the Lord's going to do this. I think he's going to make, people are going to know. Now, the world will not see Jesus. The Bible says he's going to be in the clouds. But I believe that there's going to be no doubt of what happened. But the Bible says that, that the, I mean, you just think about being around a graveyard. I don't know if the God's is just going to disrupt the whole thing and turn things over. You know, if, if you see like in places like Louisiana and different places where you have like the, the, the water, you know, like the, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have these graves that just start popping up and stuff. I mean, well, God's going to really outtop anything like that. And he's, that's what he says here. He says that those that are um, asleep... We which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. Then we, so they're going to rise first. Though the dead in Christ are going to rise first. But just as soon as you get excited about that, what's going to happen? 
the glory of God's going to come on you. You're, you're going to experience a quickening. You're going to experience, you know, what we have right now is the first fruits of our, of our inheritance. The Bible says that we have the earnest of our inheritance. Now, what is an earnest? Earnest is a down, you know, how many know earnest money? An earnest ring, you know, it's, a, it's like a down payment. It means like, like, a, like a wedding ring, you know, like the earnest. It's, it's like, you know, something else is coming that's even more. What is that? Marriage. And so you, you have the ring and, and you know, well, see, we have the earnest of our, our salvation. That's the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's just a little bit. See, that's why we can believe for healing because one day we're going to have a resurrected body. But right now, a lot, we, a lot of us just need a good quickening in our body. <clears throat> that's the first fruit. So it's like this. You just sometimes just need like a little mini resurrection in your body. You know, you just need a little a quickening right now. It's not going to be the full thing, but you just need a little mini resurrection, a little quickening on the inside. And what's that going to do? That's going to make your body full of life. You, you need your life. I mean, you, you have to say, Lord, you know, Lord, I'm 98 years old and, you know, I need a little zap in my body today. I need a little quickening. I need to finish my race. Amen. I'm not 98 years old, praise God, but. <clears throat> then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. As we said earlier, that his kingdom shall know no end. So he says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. You know, the, the rapture of the church, the, the, the catching away of the saints should bring comfort. It's not going to to the world because they miss out. And, and you know, sometimes you'll hear people say this. You'll hear people say things like, well, you know, when, um, about when Jesus comes back, he said, if when Jesus comes back, people aren't ready, they're going to hell. The world keeps on going. Not every, it's not a situation where when Jesus comes back, people go to heaven and then everyone's turned into hell. The world is going to keep on going like nothing happened. That's why the Bible says when, when, when Jesus comes back, when we go to be with Jesus for the marriage supper of the Lamb. How many know that's going to be a mighty supper? <laughs> the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be when we're there for seven years, we're feasting on manna from heaven, you could say. And um, so what's going to happen is then we come back. That's when the world is going through the great tribulation. That's why when we come back, uh, and there's going to be many people that are going to be saved during that time. I mean, I, th I think a lot of people that were church people too, that thought, thought they were right with God, but they just had never been born again. How scary that must be. But what's going to happen though, during the millennial reign of Christ, you're going to have people that were born again, but they don't have, or, or people, well, they're going to get born again during that time, but they don't have a resurrected body like we do. And so they're, but I believe, I mean, from Scripture, and, and you'll, you'll see many uh, people say this, that it's going to be more like Adam and his body in the beginning. You know, and, you know, you, 
you see people living to 900 years old and things like that. But that's why the Bible says that we have to rule and reign with Jesus, and Jesus is going to rule with a rod of iron. Why? Because you have to keep things in subjection. But thank God that we, we're going to have a glorified body. Amen. A body without decay. Who's going to be glad that there's going to be no more pain? Amen. No more crying, no more dying, no more funerals. No more visits to the dentist. <laughs> a lot of people said amen on that. No more trips to the walk-in. Amen. Thank God. Soon and very soon. And, and here's the thing. If you, can just, if you can just hold out for another few seconds, a few more minutes, we're going to be out of here. Why do I say that? Because it puts things in perspective. The Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You, you might think, man, my life right now is just whatever. If you can just see with the eye of the Spirit that everything is so temporal here, that, that once we, now we want to finish our course, we don't want to leave early, but realize that, that I'm not just going to live down here in the flesh forever. You know, a lot of times that's what happens. Though. We, people can, they go to work, they, they do the same routine every day thinking they're going to do it forever. But you're not. Thank God we're not. <laughs> Hallelujah. So comfort one another with these words. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just bless him today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you right now that you're the reason for the season. We thank you, Lord, that you were born to die. You were born to give your life as a ransom for many. And Lord, I just thank you right now that even there, during this Christmas season, Lord, we know that even during that time that, that Lord, it can be a very disruptive time and, and even traumatic for many people. But Lord, I thank you that even now that your spirit would go and Lord, even through our lives, Lord, that you would comfort people. That Lord, people would be touched and changed and transformed by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. And we bless you and we worship you. Hallelujah.